Empire. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me back on the uh, the podcast. I appreciate it. No problem. You readings from Seattle. You uh, your podcast is like one of the highest uh, listened to podcasts. So I had I had oh. to get you back <laughs> on the podcast as soon as possible. And I'm also just like super excited that we're going to have a chance, hopefully every week um, on in the clubhouse to kind of talk about the previous week and then the upcoming uh, uh, series for the weekend and other random things uh shenanigans that are happening yeah any excuse to any excuse to connect with dc and the nationals i'm all aboard nice a little bit on an island out here on the west coast so uh, (laughs) literally an island though right like seattle is sort of close yeah kind of i mean we're surrounded by water yeah money done okay um so I guess I want to kind of talk about last night's game, uh, Slugfest. Oh, brutal. Yeah, the Nats, the Nats came out to a uh, very uh, good opening, and then uh, Vic, um, Guerrero Jr. hit, you know, two massive home runs. And, you know, one of the things that I'm definitely seeing on Twitter and Facebook and, you know, Nats social media, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this, is why didn't Davey Martinez just walk him? Uh, yeah, I was actually hoping Vlad would hit the fourth home run last night. It got to that point. I was like, just hit the fourth Let's get this <laughs> thing over with. Um, you know, I, I don't, I am not a huge Davey Martinez fan. I haven't been for even before, uh, we won the world series. I don't think he manages games or bullpens, uh, all that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's like pros and cons to this, right? So he is the ultimate players coach. The players love him and over 162, that's extremely valuable. Um, you know, I think he deserves a ton of credit in 2019 because the whole reason they got out of that 19 and 31 hole is, is players loved him. They played hard every day and it, it just finally clicked. Yeah. Right. And we got healthy, which, um, you know, goes a long way. And then Joe Ross basically carried the rotation that August. Um, but to your question about like, why not walk him last night? You know, we had just made a little bit of a come, you know, comeback, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Vlad ended with three home runs and seven RBIs, I think was his final stat line. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. And I, yeah, my guess is David just played the numbers thinking, you know, he's already hit two chances of him to hit a third are not that high. Uh, although it's like flipping a coin. It's the same odds every single at bat. Uh, but you know, for better or for worse, we were definitely Vlad like, I want to say get right game, but he was already, he was already hitting the ball really well. I mean, he, I think he's like second or third in the AL and batting average. Um, the dude, I think he's figuring out he's just, he's, you know, basically a superstar already. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately for us on, I mean, it wasn't actually televised, but it was all over ESPN because he hit three. Uh, you know, I, why did Davey not walk him? I don't know. I, you know, I would have, <laughs> If I had a dollar for every time I said, why didn't Davey do X, Y, or Z, I'd be a rich man. It's easy to, uh, what you want to call it? Monday, Monday afternoon quarterback. Monday morning quarterback. Monday yeah, morning I, second quarterback. Guess, I second guess Davey at least three times a game. But when, um, <laughs> That's a lot. At least. Uh, <laughs> but there's there's also a reason why I'm in Seattle and I work in sales and he's a professional baseball manager. So there's, there's, a, there's definitely a reason there. 
that, that, that could be a reason. <laughs> I mean, like, I kind of feel like going into the series, the Toronto Blue Jays were, you know, not hitting at all. Like all my talks with, you know, Toronto, star, Toronto beat reporters, they were saying, you know, Toronto needs their, has their own like batting issues. Um, you know, they didn't last night. yeah, well, they didn't last night. Exactly. They finally broke out of that, um, kind of like streak there. And I wonder if like, you know, just cooling even one bat would have made a big difference. I mean, in the long run, you know, what's an extra run or something like that, you know, but I'm just, it's just like a, but that third home run was tough. Cause it, I think it happened in the seventh or maybe the eighth. Um, but it was right after Zimmerman had just cut the lead to two. Mm. Um, and, you know, we seemingly like, I'm a big believer in, um, shutdown innings. So anytime the team puts up a couple of runs like this, the pitcher, whoever's, whoever's on the mound, whether it's a starter reliever, whoever needs to sh- have a clean inning, mm-hmm. get the guys back in the dugout, get the bats back up there. And, you know, if I remember, I, to be fair, once he hit the grand slam, I was so <laughs> deflated <laughs> already. I was like, we're probably going to lose. That's the problem with this team right now. There's like a, there's a gloom, doom and gloom feel about them. I agree. Uh, but we had just, I think, cut it to seven and five. Um, and then Bichette got on and then Vlad hit a home run immediately. Like we didn't even get an out. It was like, Hey, here's a little bit of life and it's over. <laughs> um, so like, I don't know if they, they busted out of their team some cause it's really only one player. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like he, I mean, seven RBIs, three home runs. If you don't win that game, you're, you're toast. Yeah. I mean, like also, I mean, it's an interesting fact. I was talking to one of my friends that, excuse me, that, um, you know, there was a different type of ballpark, right. It's a minor league ballpark, you know, things might be a little bit different in terms of, dimensions and stuff like that i don't know i don't i don't really think that makes a difference you know to professional those balls he hit those balls he hit are out i don't care where they're playing yeah exactly yeah no it's not <laughs> yeah i mean like the balls you know even zimmerman's home run i mean trey turner's home run all those home runs were like you know major league home runs i'm not saying that i know i i don't i don't know if like you know playing in a weird environment um kind of you know baseball players seem to be finicky that, you know, you're not playing in a routine place, you know, not with your comforts and, you know, if, you know, if no they, one's more routine than Max. That's, His routine that's was starting off yesterday. Yeah. We'll talk about Max in a second. Um, you know, I, I just kind of feel like it was just one of those games that you just kind of have to, I mean, I think that you have to win for sure, at least split the series. Um, I think getting sweat would be a, a, a Major good alarm. Good thing we have my favorite man on the mound tonight, Mr. Fetty. Oh, Eric Fetty. Oh. Fetty cake. Here we go. Let's hope that he's able to <laughs> do something really well. Let's talk about Max for a second. Um, you know, it's way too early in the season. Mm-hmm. There's been just like Twitter's a buzz, and you know, I mean, if you look at all, obviously he's still, you know pumping strikes and getting strikeouts, you know, all the time. I just, I, I, I don't know, like if there, is there something you think that yesterday was just like a freak accident or do you think that, you know, it's just, again, you know, different environment, you know, not having that routine. Yeah. I paid no attention to yesterday's start mm-hmm. uh, minor league ballpark. Everything's kind of out of whack. Uh, 
you know, Vlad, Vlad got him. Yeah. And I think you tip your cap and you move on uh, before Vlad hit that grand slam. He had what, 19, 20 consecutive scoreless innings. Mm-hmm. Uh, it should have been more if, you know, Robles hadn't lost that ball in the sun. Um, Scherzer's always, you know, he gives up home runs. That, that That's he, true. He usually, he usually limits them to solo home runs, which is the advantage, but he, he you know, giving up a long ball is not uncommon for him. Um, I think yesterday he just got tagged a little, uh, I pay zero attention to it. I mean, he's, that was his fifth start. His first four starts were great. And even the Braves game where he gave up four solo home runs, he retired like the last 13 or 14 hitters. Uh, he was true. great in that yeah. game. Mm-hmm. Um, he gave up home runs to Acuna and two to Acuna, I think. Um, my, my point being is like, he's been great. Like he's been every worth every single dollar. Mm-hmm. Uh, as as usual uh his spin rates are great uh his his velocity is is great uh like he looks exactly like the max we all know and love mm-hmm. um the only thing that pisses me off about max is they cut the camera away from him when he messes up like that's must see tv <laughs> yeah i guess uh, they don't they they have a lot of lip readers <laughs> saying, yeah yeah like <laughs> i would love they they briefly showed him after he gave up the grand slam and he was pissed uh because he had just walked the guy before to get to Guerrero. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, Max is Max. He's the ace. Uh, Strasburg is better than Max. I will mm-hmm. like die on this hill, but Max is there every fifth day. That's the that's true. Answer. Yeah, we're still we're still waiting for what the second start for Strasburg. No, third start for Strasburg. Strasburg's only made four starts since he signed his mega deal. I mean, it's, that's a problem. Yeah, a hundred percent. Uh, but Max is there if it they, you know, he's going to have a clunker. The Nats have this, uh, uh, it's like, I don't know. I might mess this up, but it's something like five twenty-five, mm-hmm. uh, where you can expect the starter to have five clunkers. You can expect a starter to have five, like, Holy hell. He just threw a one hit shutout. Uh, and then 20, like pretty average. This is what you expect out of him type starts. Uh, he's had three, borderline excellent starts one like in the 20s and then he finally had a clunker um so i pay no attention to max results uh you know the problem is with the way our team is built with corbin having a 10 plus era with strasburg on uh you know her we can't afford to lose any of his starts which is unfair to him so everything gets magnified because of it Oh, no, I 100% agree. I think that the rotation needs to, you know, start to gel a little bit more and hopefully Lester, you know, will provide that or, you know, having Lester back, having Strasburg back, I think that it will really provide, you know, the team to get into like a, a rhythm. I, I mean, I, I hope so. Uh, yeah. You know, if there's, I hate doing this. This is like uh, people that do this on Twitter just drive me out of my mind, but like, we are only two games back. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of the, I mean, the NFC East in football and the, the uh, NL East in baseball, just a bunch of mediocre teams apparently. Uh, but I do think with Max, like in the rotation coming together, the NL East struggling right now is, is, is good for us as we mm-hmm. kind of figure this out. But it's also one of those, like those teams are built to win and they're going to get hot. And if we don't get hot soon, we're going to get left behind. Yeah. Okay. So just a quick break my heart. (laughs) I need need them to be good when I'm here in Seattle. (laughs) Just this might require a longer conversation, but just 
a one yes or no answer to this question. Do you envision a scenario at the trade deadline of Max Scherzer being traded? No. Take a take a take emotions out of it. I don't want like no emotions. I don't think he goes anywhere. Uh, all because of nineteen and thirty one. Mm-hmm. I really want us as a fan base to move on from that World Series. We had it; it's amazing. Like we'll always have it. But this is a totally different team. It's two years removed now. Mm-hmm. Having said that, Rizzo, the learners, Davey are going to draw on the fact that they were fifty games in and. 12 games below 500 and found a way to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. If we are within five games, there's no chance in hell he gets traded. Oh yeah. I'm talking about like, if we're, but if we're like 10, of- 15 out. Yeah. I still don't think he gets traded because I think of a Harper situation. Like we had a done deal and the learners vetoed it. I could see a world where the learners do the same thing and don't let Rizzo trade him mm-hmm. uh, because I think he means too much to the fan base, to the, to the city. Um, would it make sense? Would it be prudent? hundred percent. We need to restock our, our mm-hmm. um, uh, farm team, farm, team, farm, farm system, system badly. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't think the learners let it happen. I think, um, you know, that's a question that we're definitely going to be watching. At least I am, um, you know, how does this shake up? Um, it's really, I understand a lot of fans love Max Scherzer. I love watching him pitch. I think that we are very lucky that we get to see him every fifth day. Um, opposed to a lot of teams, I get to see some mediocre pitchers. Um, but I think that it's re- I understand that like, it's really hard to put your emotions out of the situation and like, look at baseball facts and look at the, like the current, like at that situation at the, at the trade deadline. I agree a hundred percent. If like, we're like 10 games, 20 games out of like a wild card or whatever, like I'm, I'm shopping him. Like as much as I love max, I'm shopping him. Yeah. I mean, you have to shop him. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I mean, you just have to do it. My, my, my thing is, is I see a lot, especially now, cause we're struggling. This mm-hmm. is always the time people start saying, Oh, Rizzo sucks. Uh, I'm an adamant Rizzo supporter. I always have been, I, I don't agree with everything he does, but my dude, we've been good for a freaking decade. <laughs> He's done his job. Yeah. Um, one thing I think that people don't, and I, I view this as a casual Nats fan. Okay. I think that I think the like the diehard national fans know this, but if you're a casual Nats fan, you're you're listening to this. You just want to like pick up some nuts and bolts for some coffee talk when you go back to the office, and whenever the hell that is. Rizzo operates with one hand tied behind his back. People will always say, "Oh, he's got look at look at how much money the learners spend. Like look at look how much money he gave Strasburg and Max and all this stuff." He has to do everything under the world, the world view of the learners. Mm-hmm. What that means is people say we should have signed Rendon instead of Strasburg. Rendon was never going to resign with us because we're going to have to defer the money. He was adding about Rindo. no defer. You meant Rendon. Yeah, Rizzo. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll, okay. get, into, Rindo, Rindo. we'll get in. <laughs> yeah. Rendon was never going to resign here because the learners are going to have to offer him deferrals. And what did, he, what did he adamantly say? I don't want deferrals. So we signed Strasburg. Strasburg had done money deals with us before. He'd done deferral money before. He had no problem with it. You take into consideration like this max stuff, 
I keep, I said it earlier, we had a deal done with Harper, but the learners were like, there's a glimmer of hope he resigns. So we're not going to trade him. We mm. nixed it. And the same thing's going to happen. That's what I mean with like Rizzo is like for as good as much as, you know, he does, he does, he does have to operate within Ted and Mark's world. No, that definitely, that makes sense. Um, you know, quickly on hitting on Strasburg signing, I know that there's some, you know, you know, you said that his, you know, he's only played four games, um, in, four you starts. know, four, four, excuse me, four starts, um, since, uh, he signed that mega deal. I honestly, I didn't see him going anywhere after 2019. Yeah. Like I was reading that, you know, after they signed him, that he, Strasburg was like running sprints around Nats park. Like they had him like avail, like he had the whole entire gym there available. Like, I just, I don't find that, you know, his home he, is in DC. He's a yeah. homebody. Yeah. And like he, his personality seems like, okay, I, I want to, uh, I want to, I want to stay into something that's very comfortable, at least from a, from a fan's perspective, like seeing, you know, from whatever interaction I rarely, rarely get to see of baseball players. Yeah. I, he gave a like courtesy visit to like, I think the angels maybe. Yeah. Or like uh, the Dodgers, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe the Padres cause it's his hometown team. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was never leaving. Yeah, I, uh, you know, he he is the only player I can think of, and there's some there's a little bi- uh, bias here just because he's a nat, and I don't follow this as closely with other teams. But he's the only Boris client I can think of that hasn't waited to re-sign until free agency. I'm talking about his first extension with the Nats. Okay, he literally told Boris get something done. Uh, I like can't think of a single Boris client yeah. that's done that like i don't think people want people want soda to resign no chance in hell <laughs> that, that thing is going to the very last minute because boris will not let him sign some sort of extension yeah. unless it's like 600 million dollars <laughs> which learners aren't going to do oh my god well we're, we'll get I into <laughs> i would i would do it i would i would have it would have been done by the way if yeah. my, if i would give world. him a blank check and said write your number down let's get let's get it going yeah <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, maybe in a couple of more episodes, uh, we'll hit, maybe we'll talk about Soto and, you know, some of the possibilities, um, some crazy ideas that we maybe we can come up with, uh, for, um, getting him a long-term deal in DC. Um, I just want to quickly just go around the field, um, quickly to talk about Josh Bell, um, you know, oh, obviously um, cold, but you know, it's really interesting um, in spring training, which everybody says doesn't mean anything. And it seems like that's true in this case, he was hitting with a 380, 83, uh, 1.2, a 1.32 OPS, six home runs and 15 RBIs. Mm-hmm. As of now, the end of fe- uh, April, we are, he's in an 0 for 17 slump. He's batting. One for the last 18. Yeah. One, 107, 109 with two doubles, one home run, three RBIs, and a 410 OPS and 14 strikeouts to just four walks. <sighs> That's a lot of things to say, but um, I personally think that the COVID, the COVID issue in the beginning of the season really kind of like screwed. I don't, are you allowed, are you allowed to say, are you allowed to say that word on, on a podcast? I don't know. Yeah. I cuss all the time in our podcast. So don't worry about it. 
Okay, good. Um, I, th- I, th- I think that he really like messed up. I mean, messed up his timing and all that stuff. Um, I would, I think that we're going to eventually see the resurgence that, you know, I think Rizzo was kind of um, hoping. I don't understand. And I'm sure Nats fans on Twitter. And if, you know, you disagree with me, you can hit me up at the Nats report or um, hit uh, Pat up on um, hail to the district, right? That's the right one. Hail to DC. Hail to DC. Sorry. Um, you know, definitely tell us Ryan Zimmerman should be playing a lot more agreed. Disagree. I know you're a big Ryan Zimmerman fan, so you don't take that into consideration. Zim's my guy. <laughs> Zim. uh, right now, regardless of, of my fandom for Zimmerman, yes, Zimmerman needs to play. You kidding me? Dude's got a 410 OPS. 410. Yeah. And he's hitting three and four in our lineup. Good. No, get him the F out of lineup. Um, so yesterday I tweeted, I will not say anything negative. I will not say anything negative. I will not say negative. Bell sucks. I will not say anything negative. <laughs> uh, there's so Bell's interesting. Bell, Bell reminds me of the 2015 Zerman, um, year oh. where Zerman was, Zerman was smoking the ball. He's, I mean, like he was hitting the ball. His average exit velocity was like two or three in the entire league, but he just kept hitting the ball at people and he kept hitting it on the ground. Mm-hmm. So he's hitting like 200. So people like bench him, he's washed. But Rizzo kept pointing to his peripheral stats being like, actually, he's thinking about really hard. We just like, he's, he's bad luck is basically what's happening. There's a lot of that with Bell right now. Um, I can't believe I'm even going to do this because I like, I'll get into my overall feelings about Bell in a second. But there are, there are some things that suggest that Bell uh, is coming around. Like his average uh, exit velocity is, is basically 94. It's 93.8, which is second on a team behind one. Okay. Um, so he hit, he's hitting the ball hard. Um, he has uh, – he's hit over 53% of the balls he's put into play have been hard hit, which means they're 95 miles an hour or harder. Mm-hmm. Also second on a team uh, behind our boy Juan. Um, and he's barreling, you know, roughly five to 6% of it's 5.8. So we'll round up. He's barreling roughly 6% of the pitches he sees. So the numbers suggest that like, Hey, he should be hitting like 275. Mm -hmm. His, his, uh, batting average of balls in play. I don't know what it is on top of my head, but it's, it's not good. Uh, in fact, it's really bad. Maybe it's just like luck, you know, with the shift. He's legitimately hitting into bad luck. Yeah. Now there's there's some other things here that that I think come into play. If you watched that game last night, you would not think he's hitting in a bad luck because he looked like me trying to hit a professional baseball. Mm-hmm. He had no he swung at two pitches that bounced before the plate and then looked at multiple right down the middle. He had no idea. He was up there guessing. He had no idea what was going on. He needs to sit down and clear his head. And you know I think he rides there in for a little while. The problem with Zim is you can't count on him every day anymore. Like uh-huh. if we ride him now, he's not going to be here in July. <laughs> What's um, Just to give you little Zim numbers. I have them in front of me. His second um, half numbers are always really high. Um, 2.97 average, uh, a double three home runs, five. Really R- yeah. Including a two run shot last night, five Arby's and nine, nine Oh one OPS. So Zim is really Huh? He's raking. Yeah, exactly. Dude, dude didn't play for 10 days. He comes in and takes a 95 mile low away fastball and hits it the other way for a home run. I think every you player should just do that. I think every player should have a year off and then like, you know, like it should be like scat staggered. 
the the most encouraging part about Zimmerman is the, his last two home runs. So the one he hit last night, and then the one the pitch hit one he hit against uh, Cardinals, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, we're both to the opposite field. When Zimmerman's going the other way, he's as locked in as they get. Like he can carry an entire offense by himself for a full month. We've seen him do it. Yeah. A lot of Nats fans joined in like 2012, 2013 when they were getting good. Go look at Zerman's numbers in like 2009. They're, I mean, he if we were better, he would have been in an MVP conversation. Mm-hmm. He was a stud. So when he's going the other way, I mean, he's as good of a hitter as there is in the league. The problem is, is similar to Bell, there's a lot of things going on with the swings. So when it's off, he's way, he's way off. <laughs> I just want to uh, leave. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say like, I would I would ride Zim for three or four games. Let Bell sit like clear his head because he is just in la la land at the plate, you know. And worse, I mean, it can't be any worse than we are right now. That's a good, so, that's a good point. I mean, we we have the option of with the DH uh, tonight um, going into Toronto, so maybe we'll see the the Bell uh, Zimmer. I bet. Uh, I bet Bell starts at first today to get Zimmerman off his feet. And I bet you Zim is the DH. So just, I'm going to leave you with a quote from Davey Martinez after um, when, when he was talking to reporters yesterday night, um, after the loss about uh, Josh Bell um, quote, we got to get Josh going. I mean, he's a big, big part of the middle of our line lineup. He's going to get going. I know. So hopefully we'll get him going. He took some good swings today. Like I said, he's just fouling balls. Took some uh, good swings today. What games did he watch? <laughs> I'm just telling you, I'm just reading the quote here um, that I saw him hit in spring training. So we just got to get him going. <sighs> right. So this is, this is what Davey's good for 162 because players believe in him. Mm-hmm. But my problem with Bell is Bell's never been that good. That's the dirty secret. He had a two month. <laughs> banana fire stretch in 2019, which basically made his entire season. Mm-hmm. And he's been mediocre ever since then. Yeah. I yeah, mean, borderline bad to borderline bad. He was bad last year and he's been terrible. this year. So let's hope that um, he'll get to see more pitches and that maybe that will kind of like clear his head. Um, maybe get in the batting cage. If, if bell Josh bell is listening or anybody from the Nats um, organization is listening, I will throw pitches to him and um, maybe he can like get some confidence back, you know, I, I don't know. Like, let, I'll I'll do that. We can't we can't have a dude hitting 109 with a 410 OPS at four, and then a dude hitting like 190 hitting five and shorter. Like, it just can't happen. Do you think that like maybe Bell shouldn't be so high in the lineup that maybe maybe Martinez needs to like put him maybe like behind the pitcher or right before the pitcher to maybe see better pitches? All right. I mean, he's looking at pitches down the middle right now. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know what the answer is for Bell. Um, this is why David gets paid to do it. <laughs> uh, I think you have to sit him until he figures it out. You know, I, I understand what David's doing. I mm-hmm. understand like his timing's not coming back unless he plays. Um, at the same time, like you can't just keep running him out there if he's hitting one ten. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the whole season is, is really built around Bell and Schwarber playing like they did in 2019. Yeah. And so far they're both playing like they did in 2020. Mm-hmm. And as a result, we have been shut out five times. We've scored one run twice. We have the most anemic offense in the league. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Mets rival us. 
but I mean, it's a problem. And to your initial question, I would start Zerman and, but I would platoon them like full on platoon. Um, I would try to split the playing time as much as I could. <laughs> that way Bill gets his at bats, but like you also have, like Davey didn't hit Zimmerman for nine days and the dude's got a 900 OPS. Like, come on, dude. I mean, which one called like with Bell, you can get him in a pitch hitting situation. Yeah. There, you know, there's definitely situations where, yeah, I agree a hundred percent. That would probably make sense. Um, one quick thing. And then we're going to go into our quick question segment. Our first one ever really looking forward to it. Um, Victor Robles. I was very impressed. <laughs> You're smiling here. Um, I was very impressed with him um, off season spring training. He looked really good lead off when he was leading off the beginning of this. I know we're only talking like a month in here, but when he was, you know, the lead off um, hitter for the Nats, he was doing really well. He was playing well on the bases, um, catching balls. I just want to go back to that, that Mets play. Um, I know earlier, uh, I think that was either what, maybe su- that was Sunday night um, or, or that was their Sunday afternoon when they were playing the Mets, you know, hits a nice double into the gap and he just blows John, uh, you know, Henley's sign. And I think kind of going back to what you're saying about David, Mar- Dave Martinez being a, play- a player's uh, coach, like why wasn't he even benched? Like I would have like, to be honest with you, like I know I'm not a, a major league uh, manager by any stretch of the imagination, but I think that we could all agree that Robles should have been benched at least for a game. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was livid over the, over the base running mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's a guy on Twitter named Steven Newman. Mm-hmm. Uh who was slightly defending him and I was living about it. Um, I eventually stopped arguing cause I was like, it's Twitter. I just, I just need to, I have a newborn son. I need to stop caring about this as much as I do. Wait, Twitter is um, a toxic environment. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> uh, I would have benched him too. And I, he still would be benched uh, for me personally. I, yeah. Robles is starting to get national attention for his mental errors. His mental errors happening every day, but Ken Rosenthal wrote about it this morning, basically mm. being like, you know, if the Nats really want to be great, he needs to be, you know, just better. <laughs> like he didn't even say he needs to be great. He was like, he just needs to stop screwing up all the time. <laughs> you go back, you go back to the LA game. You got first and third, nobody out in a one run game in the eighth inning with Turner up. You're at the top of the lineup. Turner, it literally went Turner, Soto, Zim. Mm-hmm. And he takes off, gets caught stealing one out and then Turner strikes out. And then we don't score that run. We lose one, nothing. It's little things like that. Um, after the game, I mean, it happened and I was livid <laughs> then and I was texting a buddy of mine. He was like, well, he probably had the steal sign. I was like, there's no way he was told to steal there. Like, it's just like inexcusable to, to run into an out at that situation. Yeah. It turns out he went, he ran on his own and Martinez was like, yeah, Joe, you need to learn. We want him to be aggressive, but like, you need to learn to bring that aggressiveness in. Few other plays happen. And then the Met situation happens. He hits a you know gapper into the into the right center field gap. Bob, people call him Sinley because he sends people left and right. Even Bob's Sinley is <laughs> like, like no, don't run. <laughs> and he just blows through it. He gets hosed, and like you know the the argument that I was livid was with oh well the Mets had to make a play to get him out. That's a fairly routine play for Major League Baseball yeah. players that relay. And he wasn't just like, it wasn't bang, bang. There was no, there was no challenge. He was straight up out. 
And it, one of the cardinal sins in baseball, in my, and you know, it's been written about, but like in my mind, is mm-hmm. making the first out of third. Yeah. It's even worse when the pitcher's behind you and your team can't score anyway. <laughs> like you can't yeah. run into outs. Mm-hmm. I think the Nats um, need as, I mean, especially now, the Nats need as many base uh, uh, players on the base. Um, you know, just kind of going quickly back to your, like, you know, the Mets need to make a play. I think in high school, when I was playing, uh, baseball, I think we worked on, and I got delegated to, uh, center field, third string, you know, third string guy. Um, we practiced that relay every single time I see kids, um, when my son goes to soccer, there's a baseball field right next to, and I kind of like peek over once in a while. I see them working on that play every single day. I I don't understand. I really just don't understand. Yeah. And it'd be one thing if, you know, it happened every once in a while, Mm -hmm. or if like, you know, everything FP, I don't really like FP because he's just too, too damn optimistic. Uh, but one thing he brought up last time was everything is a little bit more, you know, magnified right now. And a hundred percent is, especially with Victor. Uh, but when you're hitting 200, it, he's sure he's taking walks, but like, other than that, what is he doing? He is playing great defense. Mm-hmm. Um, his defense is seemingly rebounded from, uh, from last year. But what worries me about Victor is like his barrel percentage is only 2.3% which is, you know, a little bit up from last year, but he's only barreled one baseball all season. Um, it's the worst on the team. His exit velocity is the worst on the team. Um, you know, everyone wants him to lead off and like, look, so do I. It changes our entire team if he can uh-huh. hit in the leadoff spot. Length, lengthens the order, gets Trey out of there. Let's just, let's, let's just add some protection to Soto. But the reality is, is the dude – I need to find this article. He, he whiffs on like 40% of off-speed pitches. Um, it was, you know, and, and Rizzo was talking about it this morning on the junkies. Um, I'm going to look it up because I want to know what the percentage is, but like he's running into outs. His plate approach sucks. Yeah. He's sure. He's taking a couple extra walks, but like he strikes out all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm over him. I, I have been really, very, I wasn't sure. <laughs> I've been very, very hard on him on Twitter. Uh, you know, I, people keep saying, well, you know, he's still young. He's prospect. Dude, he's played he's played two hundred and sixty plus games in the major. And he's season. won a World Series. And he's won a World Series. And in two thousand nineteen, he hit seventeen home runs and played great defense. Like we know it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, and for whatever reason, he decided to bulk up last year. His numbers sucked because of it. And now he's just ignoring coaches when they put up, you know, stop sign or he's stealing when he shouldn't. And I'm just like, dude, what do you like the mental the mental errors with this guy? You've got to stop. They need it. You know, I remember that scene in Forrest Gump where um, he, Forrest is uh, running in the football, um, the football game. And he, you know, he gets the pass. Yeah. (laughs) He gets the pass and then he goes into the end zone. And like, you see the, like everybody with like these red um, signs, they say like, stop Forrest, stop or something like that. The the Nats need to do something like that to get him, um, you know, maybe Victor Robles a little bit back on track and um, which one call yeah, it? Oh, found the stat. Oh, tell me. Robles, Robles is hitting just 118 against breaking balls with a riff rate, whiff rate of 32.4%. I mean, he's, he's just not very good. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, he does have some good defensive plays, like I saw when he was playing the card. He's an elite defensive player. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, here we go. I can't hit worse shit. Sorry. <laughs> Can you say that on the podcast? Oh, I just did. You're gonna have so to you tell. Edit, you can edit it if you want. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to tell me um, what uh, what words I can and I cannot say. So, like, well, I'll have to Google that. If you know, if people are listening, um, you can also um, tech, uh, tweet me at at the Nats Report some words that I can or cannot say, um, so that I can get in the rhythm of my um, of my handling of the podcast here. Okay, so here we go. Three questions, and we'll just go the two of us here. Player of the week. I'll let you go first. I'm going to give it to your man, number 11, the Ooh. cap, Ryan Zimmerman. Comes back and just, just, it's like he never left. He just needs to play all the time. Yes, he really does need to play all the time because he's still good. And the uh, Nats need to make him a, like an official captain. Uh, um, that's just my, my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm actually surprised they haven't done that right? yet. Um, you know, you got Veritek with the Red Sox had the C. Jeter had the, had the C. Just it, Beast and Ball. I think does Yachty have the C in St. Louis? He might. Um, Beast and Ball. I, as much as I want to pick Zerman, I, I'm not going to. I'm actually going to pick uh, – play of the week is uh, Yadiel Hernandez for me. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, dude's 33 years old. He's a rookie, you know, played a little last year, but he just hits. Um, and you got to find a way to keep him in the lineup. Uh, I think he has three straight multi-hit games. Uh, I mean, his, he had an Apo taco last night. Um, I don't think he's particularly good defensively, but like his bat is the real deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's a cool story too. So play league for me is Yadio. Okay. <laughs> we can, this is going to be just be like players, but just one player that needs to be benched. I think we just talked about like seven players. So maybe next time we can talk about some positive things. Um, so I think it's, I mean, I do think it's Robles. Uh, not more so because I think Davey needs to quit giving him such a long leash and someone just needs to send him a message. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go Victor. Okay, I think that's a very good one. Um, I, I mean, I mean, I can probably pick out you know any one of those players that we. I know it's a pretty obvious, um, which we call it thing here. But I think Bell probably needs to be benched um, just to get his like head back in the game. Okay, and then let's just do surprise of the week. What's the most? What's the biggest surprise for you? Uh, I have a couple surprises. Okay. Um, one is we won a game one nothing because Alex Avila had two doubles. Yeah, <laughs> that's more doubles. That's more doubles than I thought he was going to hit all season. Um, but my my like real surprise of the week is just the how strong. And this is kind of a cop out answer because it's not an individual, mm-hmm. but just generally how strong our bullpen has been. Yes. Uh, it's like an actual strength of the team, which is you know kind of weird for us. Uh, but you know I'm a little worried about Rainey because his his velocity is is a tick down. But like he's been solid. Hudson's Hudson found his 2019 form real quick. He's painting 98 on the corner right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Brad Hand, like whew, we haven't had a closer as good as Brad Hand in 
maybe forever. I mean, Doolittle was a stud until Davey ruined his arm. Yeah. Uh, although Doolittle did get the save last night. Shout out to Doolittle <laughs> uh, for the Reds. Um, so I like the bullpen. Like McGowan's been pretty good. Um, I worry about Finnegan now that Suero is hurt. I think Davey's just going to throw him every single day. Um, uh, Sam Clay's been kind of a revelation in my, in my opinion. I love him. Um, and then I just think that, you know, they've Voth through three innings of shutout ball the other day. Mm-hmm. I mean, like all things considered, I think the bullpen is the surprise of the league for me. Awesome. I'm going to go with Josh Harrison and I guess maybe I'm, I'm broadening this out a little bit. Pop-ups to second base, notwithstanding. Notwithstanding. I mean, I love that, you know, he is hitting the ball. I mean, pop-ups to second base, notwithstanding. Um, but like, he's, you know, doing really well. His batting average is 319. Um, he has five RBIs, 15 hits. He has a OPS of 822 and a slugging of 426. I, I'm a Josh Harris, Harrison fan right now. Yeah. I like the energy he brings. Um, I, I agree with you. I think he, he's kind of, he added dimension to the team. I think that was missing last year. Mm-hmm. We were very bland last year. It was like too cookie cutter. Yeah. Uh, you know, the par wasn't around and stuff like that. Uh, I still can't believe he didn't catch that pop-up. Last time. I thought, I thought Max was going to kill him. I thought we were going to see murder on the baseball field. That would have been a really impressive. I just want, this is a quick question. Um, do we see um, Para anytime soon? He's on the uh, taxi squad. Yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if I think Davey has a soft spot for him. Uh, so if we continue to scuffle, I wouldn't be surprised if he's brought in to shake some things up. Uh, but like with Yachty hitting the way he is, I don't mm-hmm. know who he, re- I don't know who he replaces. Um, you know, Stevenson's not the long-term answer. So mm-hmm. fans who think he should be like our everyday center fielder, someone like calm down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's a great role player and, and th- that's what he is. Yeah. So I don't know. You, you kind of have to pick and choose, but I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Para come in you know, as a pitch hitter. Yeah. As a yeah, well, he's got on the team first, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up sometime soon. I would love to. I would love the. Does he do he's baby also not shark? Really good. That that's the question. Does he do baby shark? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was great when it, when it happened, but that, you know, new team, new thing, new year, new year. I also like embracing that I baby shark is going to be in my life a lot more. That's true. In the, in the coming years. So I'm like, just give me a reprieve. <laughs> um, Patrick, it was so much fun. I had so much fun. I really enjoyed our conversation. I think we could have, you know, kept on going here, but we want to give the listeners um, some time to get ready for the uh, tonight's game. Um, wh- where can people follow you on Twitter? Yeah. So um, run a podcast, Twitter account, hail to the, at hail to the DC. It's run by uh, a gentleman by Rajan Adabadi. Um, he covers a lot of wizard stuff, Redskin stuff, uh, uh, Washington football team stuff. Uh, and I, I cover mostly baseball and do some hockey stuff. And then we overlap a lot with football. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if, you know, if you want to interact with us during the game, I'm pretty active on Twitter in this game. So at hail to the DC, uh, and you know, come for the laughs and stay for the terrible takes. 
yeah and let us know how we can improve the show moving forward um you can find me everybody at um at the nats report um on twitter facebook instagram um you can obviously find me you know writing at uh report we have some really great articles planned awesome pat we're gonna we're gonna kick it here and uh hopefully we'll get some uh, curly w mm-hmm.